Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my review of the Division 2 early game. Basically 30 hours, finished campaign, rolled everything over into the end game where you're in World Tier 1. We're just going to be doing basic stuff during World Tier 1 right now. Nothing major, no spoilers in the gameplay. We're not going to be doing anything that elaborate just so I can focus on Q&A. Uh, just so I can kind of engage with the questions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, if you want to enjoy these conversations, I'm probably live right now. Come join in uh, and submit those questions. We do these talks and Q&A sessions all the time. So first question from Royal Duck. I've just started Div 2. Shall I do the story or explore first? I would do whatever is uh, whatever you feel like. I did a lot of exploring, and I really, really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that element of, you know, constantly feeling like there was something around every corner. I really enjoyed um, just traveling around the map. Every corner can have loot behind it. There's little gates that are locked. There's boxes. There's materials. I was doing public events. I was clearing settlements. One of the funnest things to do, I think, is control points, because when you're done with the control point, there's, like, the loot room. I would encourage you to do whatever is getting, you know, whatever is getting a lot of attention from you, I would do that, and then just keep doing it, because there's a lot of fun to be had. And we're going to be cutting through right now. You're going to be wondering why we're killing stuff really fast. I have people that are very, very high level, and we're just going to be kind of cutting through these public events just so we can kind of have some gameplay while I do the conversation. So you might look at this and think, oh my gosh, the end game's a joke. We are basically, you know, pretty significantly over leveled for what we're doing. Uh, again, just so we can focus on QA. Next question. Mountain King, after playing up to the end game, is there anything you see that might grate against the player experience long term? Might be a better question when you get further into the end game content. Thanks for the great content. Only stream I watch anymore. Well, thank you. That's that very high praise. Uh, th- here's here's a concern because someone just kind of touched on it. Uh, someone just kind of touched on it. Um, I think if so, if that paratrooper SVD was for somebody, I didn't mean to pick that up. Um, I think the solo player experience could potentially kind of fall apart as you're playing further and further and further. You're going to probably want to really lean into you're going to want to lean into I would think the the matchmaking. Um, you, you get into a lot of these areas and I think you're really 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 going to struggle if you're by yourself. Um, I, I, I think you can play solo play and be fine but you're going to have to really really be aware Um, because very easily things can turn on you. I had missions yesterday that I was like, man, that would have been a nightmare, um, by myself. And that's something that you have got to consider, uh, in the grand scheme. So whenever, you know, whenever you're, you're looking to play solo, number one, I would say, accept the fact that you're kind of playing a game that I think it expects you. I think it expects you to play with other people. So know that going in. And so if you're playing by yourself, you're setting yourself slightly against the identity of the game. Um, I don't think you're setting yourself up against the game in a way that's like you're, you're, you're playing the game wrong. I never want to give people the impression that like you're, you shouldn't be playing the game that way. I don't want to give you that impression. But I do think the core identity of this game is to play with others 
the the abilities, the healing, the specialization, it does really lend itself to cooperative play. So just keep that in mind whenever you're going to play by yourself. That would be, to answer your question, my only concern about this game long term is that, is that if you play, if you really want to just constantly play by yourself, you might struggle. Now, again, if you take your time and you get somewhat over-leveled and you're always monitoring your armor and your damage output, you can probably take it a little bit slower and really maintain uh, playing by yourself with no problem. I mean, you can see right now, we don't really even seem to ever be in that much threat. I'm standing out in the open, I'm letting people shoot me, and I have plenty of ample warning to get into cover because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm strong for this area. You can play the early game that way as well. You can kind of take your time and really get your your damage and your armor efficiency up so that when you're going into areas, let's say it says, you know, you're supposed to be a level 20. If you've maxed yourself out at level 20 and you've got really good armor rating and, and damage rating, then you'll probably be totally fine. Outside of that, my only other lingering concern long term is, again, as I said in the talk, I don't want the game to turn into that cliche min-max game where you have to run very specific, very, you know, very strong health and damage builds so that, you know, freedom starts to evaporate the harder the difficulty goes up. I think that's difficult. I don't think that's necessarily something that is easy uh, to wrangle with. I think, I think that's actually challenging to give people in a game like this how do you make it more difficult without just making stuff really strong? I mean, you can try and add mechanics and different things, but again, the game's got to kind of function in its identity. It's a, it's a cover-based shooter, so in the realm of cover-based shooters, the two most important stats are, you know, how much damage can you dole out and how much damage can you take? Um, and that's, that's going to lead to, hopefully, a lot of diversity in builds because they're thoughtful about what each build does, each weapon, each brand, each set bonus, uh, as well as well as the uh, the skills and things that you can try and invest in and augment and make stronger, which they can obviously make them stronger with the um, with patches and buffs and stuff. Sasquatch. As someone who isn't into cover-based shooters that much, I've enjoyed the later parts of Division 2. My only gripe is how time-consuming sorting through loot can be. Categorizing your stash never works for me as well. Do you see them polishing this soon? I think this is a, this is a, a natural an intrinsic um, and healthy form of frustration in a game that is uh, that's leaning into generosity. If we're going to ask for generosity and we're going to ask them to kind of dump the loot on, you're just naturally going to find yourself sort of being like, oh my gosh, there's just so much stuff in my in my inventory. I, this is this is going to take me forever to sort through. Well, I, I think that's fine is because that's that's kind of that that's kind of par for the course isn't it i mean if you're if you're constantly getting loot you know you have to be able to sort through it now if we're gonna if we're gonna try and say yeah but lono what about you know it 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 shouldn't it shouldn't be this um it shouldn't be this cumbersome i do know that you can go in and you can make the categorization i think you can go to um grid view on for your loot and it does this it's a little bit nicer for grid view uh just to sort through your loot uh, as, and, I'll, and I'll go back so I, I push in the left stick and the inventory options down here grid view off 
and basically what this does is it gives you a snapshot of the level uh, the damage and the RPM and when you turn grid view on it it shrinks a lot of that so you're still actually getting you're not you, you're not getting the gear score but you're uh, you're getting the the numbers as well so grids I, I've seen people say they, they switched to grid and they really really liked it the only thing I don't like about it is I can't see a quick snapshot of gear score to know whether or not I should be you know turning switching to something if I am uh, if I'm trying to go towards something that is going to be giving me the you know the the increased bump to my gear score if that becomes a priority for you in the late game then you know you're it might make it a little bit more cumbersome when you're going through your inventory to feel like you can't see that quick snapshot of the gear score but it might help you you might like it you might say you know what that's not too bad i'm pretty sure i know what all my gear score stuff is and then you're able to uh to navigate the gear a whole lot uh faster Next question, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Lube Doctor says, what I find Div 2 enjoyable as a solo player, is there a point in the end game when mostly all content requires friends? I don't know. I would think that it's going to go that route. Yeah, it's going to go that route. I think you're going to get to the point that, you know, you're going to feel that need to have people. There's going to be raids. Some of the missions I just think aren't built for a solo player. There's just enemies everywhere and they swarm. And you're going to become very familiar with why I coined the phrase solo aggro. Uh, I coined that phrase playing Gambit. If you if you are playing content and you are the only source of aggro, the only thing... Aggro basically means the enemy's attention. So if you're the only person that the enemies can see, it can really, really make things difficult. I mean, for one simple reason. You're basically dealing with a lot of gunfire funneled on your location. Imagine five people shooting at the four of you or the three of you, and then imagine those five people all shooting you. That is one of the reasons that when you're by yourself and you do this, you go to peek out, you instantly get shot. There are five, there's five enemies with lines of sight on you that are going to attempt to hurt you. And you're not going to have a whole lot of leeway and a whole lot of flexibility if you're if you're if you're by yourself. You're going to really really miss out on that sense of support. And again, you're going to be very familiar with solo aggro. I wanted to get a little bit of that uh, grenade launcher action in there for you. Um, see if I can't get some shots on the big boy here. Yeah, that feels real nice. <laughs> I'm letting myself get hurt just so I can do it. I didn't even care. I didn't even care. <laughs> A grenade launcher is uh, is nice. That felt really, really good to pull out something strong against those big armored enemies because they're such a freaking pain in the main game. The Deadpaw. What is the true endgame start in this game? When do you uh, start making a build instead of just increasing your gear score? I actually was doing... I was, I was messing with my build in the early game. I was messing with my build in the early game because, again, they teach you about the brands and the set bonuses when you're playing through the game. And I think that's fantastic. It, it, gear matters, you know? Gear matters. You're looking at the sco- you're looking at the perks. You're, you're, you're becoming familiar with the brands. You're like, I like this brand because it always buffs this. I like this brand because it always focuses on uh, this, this, and this. You know, you're, 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 always, you're always able to just kind of comb over and, and see that value. Um, and I think that that's really, really helpful because again, a lot of the times in the early game of, of a game like this, the gear is just fodder. You're just tossing it over your shoulder 
uh, and it just feels so meaningless. And I just always, I always worry about that being sort of like you're just kind of mistreating a lot of the hard work. Essentially, this is what I said they did in Division. This is what I said other games could learn from the Division. Okay, if you're going to build a game like this and you want it to be built to last, I've consistently said that I feel like Division is incredibly built to last. If you want your game to be built to last, you start with the absolute strongest gear you can think of. Take your character and make them insane. Every weapon, every piece of armor, every ability, and make it nuts. And then you just slowly scale it down. You slowly scale it down. What they do in the division is the substance of the gun doesn't change. The quality and the power of it does. So in the early game, whenever I got my hands on a really, really nice rifle, and I, there was one that I particularly liked called the SIG. I loved the SIG, okay? The essence and the substance of a really, really good SIG was, was there, and it felt nice, and it was punchy, and, it, and, it, and I enjoyed it. But the quality, the quality and the power was scaled down. Why? Because I was in the early game. So when you when you keep the substance and the essence present, but the quality goes down, the interest and the intrigue of the player doesn't go up or down. It's always sort of like, yes, this is this is a good this is a good piece of gear. This is a good piece of gear. I'm going to use this, and I'm going to take this into the next area. And I, you know, whenever you give people th- those options, I think what you're doing is you're making it clear that the 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 game is not just about looking for green arrows. A lot of RPGs, that's what you that's what you do. You just like you're you're looking for, for green arrows. Oh, you can't use the shield with the with the light machine gun. Okay. We're learning some lessons here. We're learning some lessons here. I thought I could shove a light machine gun through there and you can't. Uh, so we'll uh, we will put on the I think the G thirty we'll put on the Uzi, I guess. Yeah, it's too big. <laughs> it's too big. That's what she said. Um, little Uzi will do just fine. I I think that's one thing about this game that's really going to stand out for me as a quality point is that when I play new games, if I feel like the early game gear is cannon fodder crap that doesn't matter to me, I'm going to consider that a detriment to the game's value because I'm going to say, you're basically teaching me that gear doesn't matter until the end game. So all your creativity, all your ideas, all your guns, they don't freaking matter. It's just a bunch of junk to get me to the end game. It's It's just all garbage. I feel like they did a good job of this in Borderlands 2. If I remember Borderlands 2 correctly, and I did play it quite a bit, you you would get gu- guns really, really early in the game that, again, the, their essence and their substance was intact, but you knew they were lower in quality. And then you'd get them later in the game, and you'd be really, really excited because they'd be stronger. That was one of the benefits of having it be a game where you would get, uh, you could roll the game over, um, and then kind of get that that sense of accomplishment of like yeah I'm gonna roll the game over I'm gonna I'm gonna run through it again because you knew you could get all those guns you know stronger versions so the essence of an un, uh, unkept herald or you know a really nice SMG that you like or something in in um, in Borderlands the essence and the substance was well intact but the the quality and the power was was lower just because you you understood it was at your level. Mad Dabber, what do you think the next three specializations will be? 
I honestly don't know. I mean, we've got a sniper, we have a crossbow, and we have a grenade launcher. So there could be something crazy they do with a shotgun. Uh, there could be something they crazy they do with equipment. I don't know. I mean, something with... Uh, there, I would think maybe they could do something with you'd be covered in really thick armor and you'd be slow kind of similar to what some of the enemies uh, do when they show up um, there's definitely uh, a, uh, an element of like man these guys are so big and slow look at them and then when when you're interacting with them they're a pain in the butt like what if you could turn one of your players into that big idiot that just it like slowly saunters through the area but he's but he's really really hard to take down and when you do take him down like it you know it, it was a big huge distraction uh, a tank with an LMG yeah something like that could be really really cool um there's a there's just a lot they could do there is there's a lot they could do with this uh with this game with respect to making you feel like the identity of your player shifts and changes because you're you know, you're you're putting on a different specialization. Like the grenade launcher, sniper, and crossbow add that nice flavor. Um, I, I definitely feel like they could do something uh, more with more with some of that. Um, whenever you're whenever you're playing through uh, the late game, there's going to be those. Now, something they could really really think about doing too is having you mimic some of the things that we've seen. There's like the robot dog. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that they could do that would be, you know, in line with things that we've already kind of seen in the game, and that'd be pretty cool too, uh, to 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 give yourself that that feel. So, next question is from Jack Bro. How comparable is the Division Two Endgame content to Division One? Are there fewer things to do? I didn't spend a ton of game in the late game of of uh, of Division One. I. I didn't. So, um, I didn't spend a ton of time doing that. I, I didn't, uh, I played the early game, loved it. The end game fell apart for me. I came back for survival and liked it. And then when they did the big 1.8 and you were supposed to be able to get all the min-maxing and stuff, my character got jacked up. Like, I went to I went to pull him, um, I went to pull him, you know, forward. And when I booted the game up, he was, he was messed up. He was like, he was like super low level or something. I'm not really sure what happened. Uh, it was really, really bizarre. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't honestly tell you. Um, now people, people in chat might be able to weigh in and say, yeah, Hey, I played a lot of world tier, uh, stuff in div one, you know, and this is so much better and here's why, uh, or, or maybe less or something, but survival was the only real reason I came back. I would have loved to have tried, uh, the builds, um, in div one. I remember coming back and trying a world tier and being annoyed because it was like you, I didn't feel like I could do. Um, I didn't feel like I could do anything unless I had like an absolute strong build and that was frustrating to me because it felt it felt like well wait so I have to basically grind to get the absolute best build until I do that everything's going to be spongy I mean right now I I don't know if that's the case in the in the higher world tiers but I remember that being the case in um, that was the case whenever I played uh, the Div 1 World Tears. It was like, okay, so I basically have to max my my build, and if I don't max my build, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a joke to anybody I fight, and it just felt real spongy. Right now, when I watch people play, I don't feel like they're dealing with that. Um, is that the boss there, or is that him? I can't tell if that's him or not. <clears throat> Uh, 
Grenade launcher is so fun. Death Breath. Do you think the specializations make a big difference in your playstyle and endgame? One of the things I really like doing, and I love the fact that there's a, there's a clear there's a there's a clear and better presence of the ammo on the ground. Anytime you've seen that little like orange, it looks like a little Russian doll, <laughs> a, little, a little orange symbol, and then the, the Russian doll symbol looking thing. It's basically the grenade. Um, anytime you've seen that on the ground, that's ammo for me. Yo, smack with 25 months, dude. Two years and some change, man. Thank you. Uh, you're the best, Mac. The, uh, so yeah, I feel like when the heavily armored guys come out, I'm I'm there to answer the call, man. I just blast them. So I like that. I've not gone into content that's been super challenging yet. Um, but again, I just I'm I'm I think they listen to the community because I'm seeing ammo for my specialist uh, way more often, and I, that was definitely not true when I played the demo. Um, and that that was frustrating for me. I was like, man, I like I used my shots and now I have none. Um, you know, I, that was kind of a bummer. So it's good to see that they're feeding me ammo and being able to see like, oh no, here comes a big tanky armor guy and be like, no worries, here I come. Thum, 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 you know, hurting him, taking his armor down, stuff like that. I think that's a very, very enjoyable because then you're not just, you're not just doing something powerful. You're fulfilling a role and that's exciting. Thank you, Cypher, for the, uh, the prime sub. Welcome. I think that's something that it, that people really need to remember is that I said this in my talk, right? The specialists are not just about giving you power. It gives you a, a, a sense of like identity and a role. Ren Wiki Wiki, when does the vision get right? What does the vision get right that Anthem and Destiny missed on? I answered this question yesterday. They respected. They respect the player's time way more. Right now, Anthem's great for respecting your time in the early game. You always kind of feel a sense of like you're getting dope stuff. You're trying to, you know, you're trying out dope stuff. But then, whenever you, uh, whenever you get into the end game of Anthem, it just doesn't respect your time. There's just, there's just not enough drops to really empower you to do the thing. You have to pour too much time in, and you get really, really meager results. Uh, Destiny right now is. And again, this is my opinion, but I think Destiny right now is atrocious at respecting your player time. Uh, RNG on the leveling, um, the, the what was what were we doing? I forget what we were doing. Something else. I was like, this is just another element that doesn't respect the player's time. The way they structured Reckoning Tier Three doesn't feel like it respects the player's time. It feels like it's almost like it's almost like abusive. It's like you you go in with a very very yeah no that does that yeah that's the other thing that doesn't respect the player's time. There's no agency over what you're getting, and Reckoning's drop rates are low, and it's challenging. It's easy to fail. It just feels like you very easily throw time away um, in in uh, Destiny. The way I'll contrast it is this. In Division, my time is so rewarded that I lose track of time. In Destiny, I feel like I'm losing time to the game. Do you see the difference? I'm like, dude, I just gave you an hour and a half of my life playing Crucible for your stupid milestone and you gave me a kinetic weapon that does nothing for me. I just lost time to your game. And in Division 2, because my time is so respected, I lose track of time. That's a pretty significant difference in my mind. I think that's a pretty uh, significant difference. And I think that's very, very much worth noting whenever you consider my the saying that I've come up with is, if you don't respect the player's time, don't expect the player's time. You cannot possibly, as a developer, expect people to put time into your game if you don't respect that time and honor it with a sense of, this this was worth your endeavor. This is how I approach my content as a content creator. 
I respect your time. If you're gonna come here, I'm gonna fill it with value. You're never gonna I'm never gonna shut up. We're always gonna be debating, we're always gonna be discussing. So there's always a chance that you feel that you're you're being entertained, you're getting something you don't wanna leave. I'm respecting your time. I think a lot of streamers fail to respect your time. They don't say anything, they don't talk, they get on they, you know, they get on their phone, they're they're chewing in your ear, they're coughing in your ear, they're sneezing in your ear. I try and mute my mic anytime I do those things because I do everything I can to respect your time. Why? Because you're giving it to me. And time is an amazing currency. It is an amazing currency. Gary V basically says that that is the number one currency. If you can keep people's attention and you get their time, that is the number one currency. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Almost Famous says something very similar, that the only true currency in this world is is time. I thought he said something like that. If not, I'll say it. It's, it's, it's one of the truest and purest forms of currency is someone's time. And so I do everything to respect it, and I think game developers that do it are seeing, are seeing mega, mega results. And that's why Division 2 is getting massive praise because people are like, I'm giving you my time. This is what I do for my leisure. This is what I do to kick back. I drink a beer. I come home from work. This is what I do to relax. My kids are in bed. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. And you're filling my time with frustration or you're filling my time with, I don't do anything. So at this point, that if, if if I was if I was at Bungie, I would say, what can we do to ensure that if someone puts an hour in or ten hours in, they feel that their time is being respected, and then they feel that their time is is they want to come back. Um, I don't think I saw a Tommy gun. I don't think I saw an actual Tommy gun in the early game ever. That's the first time I've seen something. It's literally called Tommy gun. Uh, I don't even know. You can't even put a mod on it. This is like a. This is almost like a gimmick weapon. What would you call this? It even says an Al Capone quote on it. That's interesting. I didn't. I don't remember ever seeing one of these in the early game. That's kind of fun. I'm gonna roll that with my shield. That'll be. Uh, I could be entertaining. That'd be entertaining. I don't know why it's not letting me grab that chest. Fat Hotshot, do you have to equip the gear to get the higher gear score, or does it work like in Destiny 2? Okay, so basically once you hit level 30, one of the most contributing factors to what you're doing is your gear score. Now, obviously, once you get within a certain gear score, everything dropping should be contributing to your gear score. So, like, right now, I'm just doing everything to bump my gear score. That affects drops. Uh, As far as I know, that should affect drops. So, like, right now, I have a 305 hunting um, rifle. I'm not sure if I put that on and roll myself over into um, that wouldn't roll me over anyway I don't think because my the, the five bumps not enough yeah I, I, if somebody gets a backpack that's 300 I think that'll push me over I don't I think that affects your drops um, and then as long as it's in your inventory it counts oh well there you go so the uh the, the nature of the of this game is you hit 30 and then you're affecting your gear score once you get your gear score to a certain level you get access to you know end game content other content you're strong enough for it once you're in that okay once you're in that then I think you get into min maxing and tweaking uh, oh Milo's got a 300 backpack for me excellent 
Glad to see, glad you see the importance of time and how we should allow it to, uh, shouldn't allow it to be disrespected. Spend our time and money on games uh, that get it. Let the developers know what we expect. Cheers. Yeah, I just, that's one of the reasons I'm not no lifing Destiny right now. I'm not going to pour a bunch of time into Destiny. Um, and when I do talk about Destiny, I talk about it in a way where I play for the user. I take up for the user. I'm like, do not disrespect the player's time give us better reward structures better leveling i play for the user and i always will uh tbg uh bajan kid says i know it's a totally different game to destiny 2 but is it better in a sense i'm about to buy it and swap over you just got a really long answer to your question when i when we were talking about um when we were talking about the sense of um when we were talking about the sense of your time being respected yeah you just got like a really long answer to that question um, so I think that's something that this game does a better job of. Yes, hundred uh, percent. No doubt about it. That when I play this game, I feel that I am, I am being, I'm, I'm. It's well worth my efforts. Now, if you want to talk about gameplay differences and why, like, I think this game, uh, if listen, it's gonna sound like I'm knocking Division, but let me finish the thought. Division's gameplay and the shootouts and the gunfights are, for the most part, pretty repetitive and maybe even a little boring, okay? But this game proves that that doesn't ultimately matter if you're rewarding the player. If the player is being rewarded, the the combat and the gameplay is a means to an end. You don't care that you're doing the same thing over and over again. Listen, Skill Up touched on this in his Anthem review. If they can nail the 30-second content loop, it doesn't matter that you're doing the same thing over and over again. So the content loop in Division never really changes all that much. Now, it does change once you get your specialist, but you're again, you're pretty much doing the same basic thing. Long, somewhat drawn-out shootouts where you're in cover and you're shooting enemies and you're you know throwing grenades at them and using your abilities. And the reason that that's okay is because they're rewarding us. No one is focusing no one is focusing on the gameplay or aspects of the gameplay that they might think are boring. The reason they're not focusing on those things is because they're being rewarded. It's like it's this, it's a similar thing with Apex Legends in the fact that nobody is focusing on and looking at and saying, "Oh man, these microtransactions, these loot boxes." The reason that nobody's doing that is because they're having fun. Similar idea in a loot pursuit game. Everyone ignores the loot boxes and the prices of the of the cosmetics. They ignore that in Apex. They ignore the prices of skins in Fortnite. Why? because they're having fun in a similar vein i think that loot pursuit games can get away with more mundane gameplay if they're rewarding you it's a similar idea it blinds you to the mundaneness of the game because you're being rewarded you can play spider-man or god of war and get in the same basic combat for hours upon hours upon hours and you don't care because you feel a sense of progress you feel like your abilities are changing, your weapons are changing. We ignored it in Destiny 1 because it was fun. Exactly, Lars. Exactly. Nobody could ever figure out why Destiny 1 was so successful. It doesn't make any sense. It's a barren game, right? It's a barren game. It doesn't make any sense. We were having fun. We kind of ignored the barren nature of the of the rewards. Well, ne- not necessarily. 
we didn't necessarily ignore that we definitely asked for more rewards and more things to do but again because the gameplay was so satisfying we overlooked some of those vacancies and I think what 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 Destiny stands to do and to benefit from is the game is fun and satisfying and it can be rewarding it can kind of check both boxes if you can check both boxes a really really fun a really really fun loop like the content the combat just really really satisfying in destiny if they can couple that with a really really rewarding structure think of how they're banging on both cylinders they're a, they're a double threat not a triple threat right division's not necessarily a double threat the gameplay is pretty pretty it's pretty mundane it's pretty basic pop shot you know long long shootouts right nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that because we're getting rewarded but anthem and destiny can cash in on two enormous value points right two enormous value points number one very very fun gameplay anthem is so fun such a great content loop just make it really really rewarding destiny can do the exact same dadgum thing if they could structure that long drawn out reward structure you're, I mean, you're right. You're right where you want to be. You're, you're, you've got people that both think the game is fun. And why is that? Why do you think that would work so well for Destiny? Okay, and Anthem. It would work really well for both those games because the casuals will be like, "Game just feels cool, man. I'm just shooting stuff. It'll feel awesome." And the hardcore players are like, "Dude, the reward structure is amazing. Look how much we can do. Look how much investment we have. Look how much gear we can chase. Look how much you know stuff we can do." And, and go after so the casuals and the hardcores get captured I think that's the reason Destiny captured such a mix of players hardcore players and casual players for whatever reason flock to Destiny I think because at a ground level that entry point of satisfaction as a shooter it just feels so freaking good I think that captures a lot of casuals and I think that hardcore long drawn out tier 12 god roll grind really really captured hardcore players so they were like dude I'm putting in lots and lots of hours so D- division is division showing very very clearly that if you if if some of these games would nail if they would nail the reward structure they would be they would be massive and very very successful because there would be multiple layers for people to enjoy uh, and latch on to because right now anthem is fun but the rewards aren't there destiny is is great it, it is it's great gameplay the gun mechanics the shooting the way the game feels the supers the abilities all that it's all very very awesome but they're they're just the reward structure the leveling the progression the sense of progression just stinks how do you get in there do you shoot that there's like an exotic somebody dropped something in there for me do you go in and like drop oh there's stairs i'm dumb Next question. This is a great Q&A, by the way, guys. If you're enjoying this, be sure to click the the follow button. That's that little heart button. Great questions and great discussion so far. I really appreciate you guys supporting uh, SNTR outside of Destiny. So if you're new to the concept, we put the gameplay sound off and we we put it right there, take questions from the audience and just discuss things. We do this with Anthem. We do this with Destiny. uh, We do this with uh, Division. And I greatly appreciate your support and contribution. Um, Zybersword with the next question. Do you find the min-max mechanic in this game a little difficult for the new player? No. I actually think they make it super, super easy to understand. You have an armor, a health, and a skill power rating, okay? I think the most basic player 
could should be able to go in and compare if numbers are bigger or lower. I mean that that ain't that ain't that difficult. That ain't that difficult. So that I think they make it very very accessible with respect to min maxing. Now, if you want to get super complex and down into like very very specific or OP builds, well then yeah, you might have to do a little bit of research or watch you know watch somebody's YouTube video or something. But I think in general you're putting on gear and you see your armor and your damage ratings go up and down you know it isn't that hard to understand do you want to tank more shots and stay alive more do you want to be stronger do you want your skill power to be higher because you like using your abilities uh when you look at a piece of gear is it buffing your headshot damage is it you know is it doing things that you think are going to work really really well with the gear that you're you're, you know you're currently using is it going to work really really well with you know the are are you using a gun that you know is really going to benefit from those crit shots there's a lot of things i think that that come into play there uh, and I'm, I'm unloading on this guy with my grenade launcher because uh, that's that's something that I think is really, really nice about having this now is that I can I can tear him to pieces uh, and put him down relatively, uh, relatively fast. And that was fun. I use an awful lot of uh, use an awful lot of ammo on him, though. So I'm curious, though, now that I'm at gear level 300 and I get Oh, I got a mod from him. But the, the mod dropped at 300, so I think everything should drop at 300 for me now. Angel says, What do you hope for in the raid content, your Dream Division 2 experience? Um, you guys are below me somehow. I, I honestly don't know what I want in a raid experience in Div 2. I would really like bosses that have uh, mechanics. But I don't want it to be mechanically heavy um, because I, I don't want it to leave its identity. Uh, I don't want it to leave its identity. Uh, I think that's I think that's concerning if it leaves its identity. You don't want it to feel like they've completely departed uh, from their their roots. But I do think it'd be cool to have enemies that like just at a ground level, there's enemies that you have to like circle and like shoot them in the back and like take their armor off and like do different things to. I love just something as simple as that. Um, but I don't think that that I don't think you want to go too 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 much farther than that. You don't again. You don't want the game to uh, to lose its identity. You don't want the game to become uh, a different game. Um, when whenever you're 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 trying to create difficult content, I think you need to remember your audience and your identity. And I think that's something that Destiny has done a very good job with. Personally, I think their raid design. I feel like they do an exceptional job at knowing their audience and knowing their identity. I've never felt like Leviathan's probably the only raid they've ever designed that I felt was somewhat of a departure from their identity. They get, you know, they get rid of the clutchable nature of a raid because they they go with the the revive timer thing. Not I was not a fan of that. Uh, you know, they they go with way way more mechanics than they ever have and basically no bosses so that that made me feel out of all the end game content they've ever built that was like the first time I was like yeah this is a little you know this is a little bit of a departure uh, from what you guys typically do I'm saying similar things about Reckoning Tier 3 Reckoning Tier 3 feels like they just built it for speedrunners and teams that stack up with exotics and have primo builds it doesn't feel like it's built for really anybody else and I 
don't think that's a good idea if that's the crux of your PvE offering. Uh, AL Aquarius. I'm a big fan of Destiny and the Looter Shooter franchise, but my time I have to play games is limited. Would you say this game is worth giving a go until Destiny fixes itself? Here's the thing about the way they've built this for someone like yourself if you have limited time. The really, really cool element of what I talked about in my early game review when I said that gear is not cannon fodder, perks have both meaning, impact, and they teach you about how the game works that I think that I think is a huge a huge benefit to you because even if you're kind of stuck just grinding out blue um blue enemies and I'm sorry not blue enemies even if you're just stuck kind of like grinding out and getting blue gear that doesn't matter because that blue gear has perks and build options and even if you're kind of stuck there for a while you feel a sense of I don't know you feel a sense of importance and power in what you're doing um I don't know I I think even if you're grinding out purples and blues so as think about it like this I played the campaign and took my time and it was like basically 30 hours let's say you play 2 hours a night 5 days a week so after a given week, you put a chunk of about 10 hours. You put a chunk of about 10 hours uh, into into uh, Division 2. Okay, That means it's going to take you three weeks to roll the game over into the end game. That benefits you for a variety of reasons. Number one, every time you set down to the game at night, you have something new to do, something fresh, something to chase. Uh, you've, you've got a lot of uh, you got a lot of content ahead of you. The other thing it does that I think is a, is a pretty big benefit to you is you're not you're not speeding ahead before they kind of figure out and tweak end game and end game motivation and you know what 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 are people actually going for. You're not uh, you're not getting there with us like right now. Anthem's running into that right. Anthem's running into the problem of they're they're people are getting to the end game and, and grinding it out so fast that they're like dude there's nothing to do and i've told people before if you look at the digital sales for anthem and how good they are they very easily could have a very very committed and strong and loyal uh, casual base and the reason that i think that's there's a there's a chance of that is because it's just such a fun game to play and people play at such slower paces I think you could have a very, very similar value structure here in, in Division 2. Falkeye says, Lono, what do you think is the best solo spec? What are some perks that you should be looking for? I would go Chem Healer if you're playing solo. Go Chem Healer. And then probably Chem Healer Turret would be the best, um, the best combination. If you go Chem Healer Turret, you've got something to split aggro because they'll, they'll pay attention to your turret. And if they pay attention to your turret, um, then you can basically use that to then navigate and heal if you need to. I'm not gonna be able to fight this guy. I don't have any of my, um, I don't have any of my stuff. This is gonna be really, really rough. I can't, I can't fight him. I can try and drive him back with grenades and see if I can get him to stop. But he's, he's, uh, I don't have any, I don't have any of my big grenade launcher stuff. Oh, he's gonna walk right back on that. That works. Um, 
Uh, I, yeah, so that's what I would say. I would say go with the chem healer, go with the chem healer, and go with the turret. Turret's going to help with grabbing aggro and doing damage. Uh, turret's going to help with grabbing aggro and doing damage. And then the chem healer is probably the most... Uh, chem healer is probably the most frequent, frequently present and helpful um, uh, ability that, I, that we've seen. So, so that's what I would do. Deadpaw, as you level and increase gear score, is it better to use what you like and hope that it drops at a higher gear score or increase gear score until soft cap? Dude, I don't know. I don't I don't have the answer to that yet. Um, I think it's a mixture of both. I think, obviously, once you get to a certain gear score, you're trying to min-max within that gear score. So once you get to 300, you're trying to get as much as you can out of any gear that is 300, and then when you're doing that, you're that's when you're min-maxing. So, I, again, I think that you're just going to have to kind of get there and try some different things out. But overall, I think you're doing the same thing in the late game that you were doing in the early game. Put on stuff that makes you stronger to get the job done and where you can, you know, min-max a little bit. Veritas says, Do you feel that it is important that Anthem gets called out for their incomplete mess compared to Division 2? Would this help to completely curtail toxic business practices of some AAA companies? Well, I feel like you're really, really trying to charge the rhetoric and make me talk in a way that, that is very accusatory of Anthem, which I'm not going to do. I'm not going to fall into your dialogue. I have my own uh, opinions, and I think yours is a little bit supercharged um, and hyperbolic. I think Anthem had a bad launch and had bugs and glitches. I don't think it was a toxic uh, business practice, um, and I don't think they need called out. I think they have owned the fact that they haven't been happy with their own launch. Uh, you know, Casey Hudson did a blog post. I retweeted it and thanked him for his transparency and his candor. Um, and so I think that when I think when you have a company that's basically owning the shortcomings of their game and saying it's not been happy, I don't think we need to quote-unquote call them out or say that it's toxic business practices. I've continued to say that the devil is the deadline. The devil is the deadline. That's what caused the woes of Destiny 1 and 2 and Anthem. It's not that they're toxic or lazy or that they want to launch a bad product. Developers do not pour thousands of hours of their life and heart and and intellect and, and ideas into a game so that it so that it launches poorly that's not something that anybody wants the developers don't want it the no matter what you think about EA EA doesn't want that either they don't want games launching attached to their name that are incomplete buggy and making the consumers unhappy that doesn't that's not good for profit margins this idea that like oh they're just going to launch another half-baked game and make a bunch of money and that's all they care about Long term, that's not what they want when they, you know, when they're attached to a game like Anthem. Anthem's success and potential revenue generation is something that they don't want to just shirk off and be like, yeah, it's fine. No, yeah, Anthem can launch and totally failed. Um, so that's really rose coloring Anthem, TBH. I don't give two fricks what you think if I'm rose coloring Anthem. I think that you're being hyperbolic in what you're saying. I don't think that it was it was toxic business practices. I don't think it was an, an incomplete mess. There are four javelins with numerous builds. The campaign, if played at a regular pace, is approximately anywhere from 20 to 30 hours. That's a that's a very very good length of campaign before you get to the end game. The end game is where most of the problems land. 
hand most of the uh, most of the launching problems the extended load time screens and crashes were fixed within a week of the game launching now there were lingering audio issues but the the clickbait garbage with their microtransactions was all fake and blown out of proportion people claiming that their playstation's getting bricked is completely unverified and not true so if you actually look if you actually look at the the, the game itself the game itself that I've been highly critical of, the main core issues with it were fixed within a week or two of the game launching, and it had what I consider to be an actual complete campaign. Watch out, Game Changer Inbound. Get the frick out of my chat. I've been more critical of, of Anthem than almost anybody that's created content about it. I've gone in detail of, as to how it's being shortchanged and not working with their endgame and what they need to do to fix it. So you can take your accusation about my Game Changer, shove it in your frickin' ear, and get the frick out of my chat. Because I am not an apologist. I have not been some Game Changer shill. I have criticized that game up one side and down the other and have called it to be better. But I would never accuse them of toxic business practices or call it an incomplete mess I would never do that I would never buy into that dialogue just because I defend just because I try to take a a sensible or nuanced position doesn't mean I'm a shill but it also doesn't mean I have to buy in with your hyperbolic charge about the game yeah and 30 minutes ago I said this is the best looter shooter out division 2 is the best looter shooter you can play right now how am I an EA shill for frick's sake seriously like, actually come at me with facts. Don't just come at me with supercharged nonsense. The dead paw. With the normalized DZ, since it balances itself, do you see any need for the devs in the future to balance PvP specifically? I still think they're going to have to look at balance. I mean, the, the, even even if you normalize uh, the DZ, I still think you're going to have to worry about certain things being more advantageous than another. I don't have a full understanding of how they've normalized it. I don't. Um, I... I, I I, I don't know exactly how it works. I'm not going to put a lot of time into it. It's just not it's just not something that appeals to me. But but I I still think they're going to have to consider balancing. Now the good thing is they don't have to mess with PVE. They could probably since they have things normalized, they could go in and tweak things specific in the DZ side of the game. And I think that's a really really good decision. So I don't have to suddenly wake up one day and they're like, Hey Lono, that build that you really liked with your with your Sig you know your Sig rifle and all your perks. Yeah yeah yeah. What about it? Yeah they nerfed it because it was breaking the dark zone. I don't have to worry about that. That's like a really, really nice thing to know. I never, never have to worry about that being an issue. Um, I can always know that if they if they tweak my build or nerf my build, more than likely it'll be because it was broken OP or breaking you know breaking the bounds of the game. You know what I mean? So you didn't get me worked up, Veritas. The guy that said I was just being an EA game changer, he got the sharp end of my tongue, not you. They lied and released the beta version of the game. Again, I, I think you're being exa- I think you're being sh- like very, very, very sharply exaggeratory. I don't think they lied and, re- and released a beta version of their game. I think they released a game that had that had like launching bugs and problems that they fixed within a week. Like I I said that those bugs and problems were indefensible. They were indefensible. You know. And I think that that was that was something that they fixed relatively quickly to the point that I don't think you can say that they lied. And if someone in chat's going to say they said our choices would matter, that's laughably false. That's probably the only thing I go back and I watch that trailer and I'm kind of curious as to what they meant when they said that. 
Did they honestly think that, like, whenever you would make decisions about things to go do in that game, that making, a like, a ball or a trophy appear in a room in the fort, was that what they meant? Like, I will agree with the people that say your choices, your choices with respect to, like, who you interact with and what you do have almost no bearing on the game. So I don't know why they put that in that trailer. To this day, I don't know what they were talking about when they said that. Now, are we going to say they lied? Well, I mean, your choices do affect the game. It just doesn't affect the game in the way that it did in Mass Effect, where you do, a you do like, an allegiance quest, and then suddenly you have somebody with you, right? Like, I, again... I don't know if I want to go so far as like, they lied. They lied to the public. They're toxic. Like, I just feel like that's such charged rhetoric that you can't even really have dialogue when you do that. You're basically saying that Bioware looked at the general public and was like, let's lie to them. Let's launch a beta. Let's screw the player over and let's be toxic. I just, I don't think that that's even in the real, I don't think you're talking about the real world when you say that. So, I, again, I'm not going to go round and round with people that want to get on the Anthem hate train. If you don't like it, don't play it. But I think a lot of the, I think a lot of things got exaggerated. There was blatant lies about the game with respect to microtransactions, bricking consoles, and I think a lot of things got completely blown out of proportion. And that's just added to the dialogue and the sentimentality that leads you to say they're toxic, they lied, and their game was an absolute complete disaster mess beta or whatever. So... Uh, Redcon, what's the best time to craft weapons and gear? I wouldn't do it a lot. If you want to do it early just to experiment, go for it. But don't start blowing all your resources really early on. I would definitely wait. I would definitely wait. Um, because you don't, you're, you're, you... I said in my review that the gear in this game isn't cannon fodder. Like, you're not just, like, throwing it over your shoulder into a wood chipper. You kind of are. But you're not doing it in a way that you're like, well, this is meaningless, this is crap, don't need this, this is garbage, this is now stronger, green arrows, where's the green arrows? You are doing that, but you're doing that because the game is hyper-generous and you're getting gear all the time that could either add to your build or change your build. And the gear is always meaningful. I was never parting with gear like easily, like, well, this is garbage. I was like, oh man, this gun was so good. I hope this gun's just as I hope this gun's just as good. I hope this gun's just as powerful, etc. etc. So I um you do burn through the gear really, really fast, but it doesn't it's not in a trivial way. It's not in a trivial way. It's in like a meaningful way. So given that reality, you're not going to want to be, I wouldn't be crafting a lot of stuff. I wouldn't, because again, you, you are going through gear rather quickly and consider how rewarding the game is. Loot's just pouring out of every crevice. So <laughs> loot is pouring out of every crevice. So don't, I wouldn't craft. I, you're, you're getting enough loot that you, you shouldn't ever really feel the need to craft anything. Next question. When you hit 30 and the map changes, do unfinished events uh, and missions disappear? I can't find an answer to that. Thanks for the great content. I actually don't know the answer to your question, and I wish that I did. Uh, somebody in chat might have to, to answer that. I'm not sure. Because um, I definitely I, I definitely didn't do everything. I'm pretty sure there was stuff that I didn't do, and I don't know if it's still on my map or not. They do not disappear is what's being said in chat. Multiple people saying, no, no, they don't. They roll over, side missions remain. There you go. There's the answer to your question, and those listening to the audio version now have an answer as well. So there you go. Thank you, chat, uh, for being our uh, our who wants to be a millionaire. Let's go to the audience lifeline, because I actually didn't know the answer to that one. D-Stan. 
Random thought. Do you think it would have been viable for games like this, D2 Anthem, to have AI teammates and fire teams for certain activities? Obviously only in PvE stuff, but sometimes the greatest discouragement for playing a piece of content is having a difficult time finding a fun team to play with, especially for introverts. My only thought on this is if if companies want to design games that are better for being played together and they offer you matchmaking solutions... I'm not going to charge them with any sort of impetus to go beyond that. Does that make sense? Like, I'm not going to say, now, hey, now, hey, hey, you build a game that's better played with teammates and it's co-op and it's totally fine to do that. Um, And because you've done that, your matchmaking solutions aren't good enough. I would prefer you also add AI teammates that can follow and help me. I... I feel like you're asking, I don't know, I feel like you're asking for a lot. (laughs) You're asking for a lot uh, when you do that. And to a certain extent, you're potentially asking them to split focus and focus on development time and things that potentially um, isn't going to do a whole lot for you. I mean, if we're honest, have you ever really played through a shooter and felt like your, your AI you know, comrades were actually any, any, you know, worth a crap. <laughs> They're usually dumb and get in your way. I can't, I can't count how many times in like battlefield and stuff. I'd be like, get out of my way. Like, or can you shoot anybody? Your aim is terrible. Uh, now, now the AI comrades in mass effect were always pretty good, but even they sometimes get pretty bad at hitting shots. Sometimes you kind of have to like, just, just accept the fact that they were going to spray and miss a lot. Um, but I think the fact that they offer matchmaking solutions, if you're like, well, but I'm an introvert. Well, I mean, your preference and personality type isn't necessarily going to create, uh, and there's no imperative then on the developer to, you know, kind of meet you where you are. You see what I'm saying? It's... I, I don't know. It, it would be like saying, I don't like playing games by myself. What the frick, Tomb Raider? What the frick, Assassin's Creed? Where's the co-op? I don't like being by myself. I don't like playing by myself. Where's the co-op? Where's the co-op? It, I, I, I can't necessarily insist upon that in a, another game. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying it in a nice way that it kind of sounds like a you problem that doesn't necessarily create a game problem. So use matchmaking, and if you don't like it, then tough, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, let a game... I, I've said this before. Like, you kind of have to let games live in their identity, and this is a game that they've designed that is is meant to be played, you know, not meant to be every single moment of it. You can, I think you can survive a lot of it solo, but, you know, if you want to engage in, like, endgame content that at its core and its identity is set, is built and centered around playing with other people, then, you know, I think that's something you have to let it, you know, let it do. Suck on that, Mr. Sledgehammer, man, you freaking frick. I got one more for you. Hate you. That was very therapeutic. That son of a frick was messing with us yesterday. Shoved that grenade launcher right up his stinking nose. <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> that felt good. Zay Walker. Sorry if this has been asked. How do you feel about the skill requirements on some of the ability? This got asked yesterday. I'm not sure what the deal is. I, I don't know if it's meant to be like a late game thing. 
but this again touches down on my skills need more presence not necessarily power talk I don't think you want skills to run away with the game and for it to become a skill oriented game but I do think skills need more presence and I think part of the reason they don't have any presence is is because you're you're you've got a, a really weird bottleneck in the game with respect to that need and feeling like the only way you're gonna you're gonna even boost your gear score is you, you gotta have I mean you gotta have gear that's that almost doesn't even exist in the early game to bump your gear score so I'm not sure why that choke point uh, was the, is is there um, it, it's kind of weird honestly I feel like they like I every I didn't I didn't get a single mod I didn't get a single mod for my uh for my um what's it called my shield my crusader shield I didn't get a single mod for my crusader crusader shield until I was like level thirty I don't know if that was an accident um even when I did finally get mod like a mod for my chem launcher I had no gear score like none of my gear could add to my gear score I had no way of even using the mod like I don't I didn't necessarily understand what the thought process there was. Was it intentional? Was it overlooked? Um, if it's intentional, may, maybe they should have educated the player on that or maybe had mods in the early game that were less impactful and required less gear score. It just seems really strange to me to feed me equipment and things early on and then be like, yeah, you're not really supposed to do anything with this until, you know, 20 hours from now. What the frick? Why are you giving it to me then? You know, it would be like playing through the game and you're level five and they start dropping stuff that's level 25. What am I supposed to do this? I'll throw it in your vault. Hang on until you're 25. Why? I why, do I, why are you giving me stuff that's so far down the line? Um, it, it seems, I don't know if it was intentional. It could be like, you know how in Anthem there, there were certain things just not dropping. Like they, um, there's no, uh, there's no masterwork support abilities for whatever, uh, in Anthem. And I don't know if that's on purpose. It's something that was overlooked. So it could be something, um, Okay, it is confirmed, says Hobo. It is confirmed by the devs that the requirements for mods are bugged and too high. It will be fixed. Yeah, so, like I said, something about it felt dissonant. Like, why am I getting mods in the early game that I can't even, I basically can't even use? Like, what's the point? And then when I, you, you look at the, you look at the structure of the skill, of the skills required, man, a Tommy gun freaking melts, though. Oh, I were a little overpowered, but still, that was nice. Um,. Yeah, so if, if what Hobo is saying is true uh, and confirmed here, um, so that sucks to hear. I really enjoyed grinding for such high skill power. Well, I mean, you're going to be even more you're going to be even more ahead of the game then. Deadpaw, how does recalibration work exactly in Div 2? Doesn't allowing transfer of talents and attributes remove the hunt for good RNG roles? Sorry, all the question. Uh, loving the game. That is part and parcel to the division structure of capstoning gear. So no, it doesn't change... Um, it doesn't it doesn't change the the grind it uh it's it's a part of capstoning gear and when i say capstoning gear you're basically like okay this thing is close to being good let me kind of invest here let me grab this thing here and put this there i don't think it really hurts the grind um because you can't really hunt for a specific gun anyway so when you get the gun that you want you get the stuff that you need being able to kind of capstone it I think is actually really nice again you're min-maxing so it's like one stat on one gun I don't think it breaks it would hurt Destiny because it'd be way too easy to be like well I got every perk I needed but Outlaw 
let me put outlaw on it um that there, there's so much more depth and 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 stuff going on in this game that I think that it's ne- it's needed as a as a form of capstone. And what Eugene is saying is an important thing to remember. It's how they overcome the dilemma of having a worse chance of getting the exact piece you want than Anthem has. Part of the way they overcome that, right? You finally get the gun that you want. You get it at the gear score you need, and it's got one thing on it that just ain't where you need it. They they're helping you kind of get over that that the improbability factor if that makes sense there's an there's an improbability factor that they're helping you overcome we've talked about that i mean in my video on anthem still not dropping enough loot we talked about that it's just like the probability factor of getting not just the ability you want but the ability you want with the inscriptions that you want is insanely low it's it's absurd and because it's absurd that's why no one's grinding because the odds of you getting what you need and buffing, you know. And right here, I mean, I'm trading. I'm losing 7,000 armor, but I'm gaining 873 skill power. Like, that's nuts. I mean, one piece of armor, but that's how it should be, right? You're basically trading, uh, you know, you're trading one for the other. I think that's when the decision-making starts to get really, really fun. By the way, if you are new to the stream, this is something we do periodically. It's like a podcast segment. It's meant to feel like an interactive radio show. If you've been enjoying this segment in this talk, I do these in Destiny. I do these in Anthem, and we usually have a really, really good time. You can submit questions, and they show up on the screen. I gave my review of the early game, and then we follow it with a question and answer. Typically, when I'm playing the game, it is full screen, and the game sound is on, but we don't do that here because SNTR, Say No to Rage is the name of the stream. That's where SNTR comes from. SNTR Presents is hitting other podcast platforms. If you'd like to listen, just look up SNTR Presents on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you're here right now and enjoying it, clicking the follow button is a free and easy way to support me. So smash that little heart button. That is a free and easy way to support me. Gail, can you give some examples of different builds and how differently those play? I mean right now I can give you really generic builds you could buff SMG and shotgun and you could play real close range with a crusader shield um, and use like the chem launcher to keep yourself healthy you could go really really high crit and head damage and use like a, uh, a sniper rifle and then you could use um, like an auto rifle like a, like an assault rifle or something like a or just a, a crit a crit a critical hit damage rifle as you're kind of mid-range, if you if people are rushing you, you can get out your SIG. And again, you'd be specking into those perks that are increasing headshot damage and crit shot damage and things like that. Now, with respect to the different brands, I don't know enough, but it isn't hard to look at a brand. An example here would be the Murokami Industries. Health, hazard protection, and firefly skill power is what you get if you wear a set of that. The Sokolov Concern, it's got the little picture of the bird. SMG damage critical hit damage seeker skill power that would be your build trend you would go towards doing something with critical damage smg and your seeker skill okay here's another one this is the fenris group assault rifle damage protection from elites health on kill that's kind of tanky you want to do damage to elites you want protection from elites you want to be a little bit tanky and you want to get health on your kill you're going to go with the fenris group Araldi Holdings gives you accuracy, headshot damage from a marksman rifle, and a damage buff. This is a this is a DPS kit that you would go with. So you can sense you can sense the the themes just when you look at the things you're going to get from the brand set. LMG damage, turret skill power, cooldown reduction. There you go. That's something that's going to help you have your turret and really really buff your LMG. You're kind of the sprayer of the group. You're the support guy in the back. 
get the little anchor here providence defense skill power health weapon damage that's kind of all around you're hitting your skill power you're hitting your health you're hitting your weapon damage don't you see that's what's beautiful about this game giving you those skills and those brands early on very early on you can get a sense for the types of builds you can do in the end game because you're doing it in the early game dr struggle bus do you think a support specialization could have its place in the game yeah yeah i think so i think they could they'd have to be smart about it though uh ant ant uh ant made it do you think with division two they would incorporate the d uh, the d1 dlc activities like survival or even underground i feel like those two would be highly populated as well and could work i don't know homie i don't know i will say this i will say this if they can shove stuff like this in this engine and people like it then go for it i think the biggest thing you're going to run into if you do that is the fact that we're in a different city now and that might that might feel to others to other people that might feel a little chintzy but i don't think they're going to do that they have raids and other things scheduled coming out i think they have their own content structure planned for this uh for this game tego biddy says I was wondering how the level scaling works when you play with a higher level people. I match made into a mission uh, with a level 30 and it said I was level 28 at the top right. I still felt under leveled. That is because the scaling is currently broken. It scales your guns. So if you played hyper hyper safe and landed your shots, you would have done damage just fine even though you were shooting enemies that were way higher than you. So if you're like a 15 and your friend's a 30 and it drags you up to 28, you're doing damage that a 28 level person would do. Okay, Like you're carrying a bunch of 28 level guns. But the armor isn't scaling right, and it should be fixed in the next patch. So you feel like a freaking piece of tissue paper. You get shot once, and you go down. I was 27, and we were playing with a 30, and I got shot once, and like all my armor was gone. I barely, I barely survived. If I got hit twice, it was over. It was over if I got hit twice. And so your armor is not scaling. Now, the reason this is so important, and this is a huge, huge departure from what I consider to be a massive, massive negative about Division 1. You couldn't play with your teammates, right? You couldn't play with your teammates. It was like, if they were higher level than you, they ruined your experience. You couldn't do anything. And now, that's only happening because of a glitch. Once they get the scaling right, you'll be able to play with anybody at any level. Perfect system. Honestly, perfect system. One of the best approaches, I think, to scaling I've probably ever seen once they actually get it to work right. Um, Lionair, I, I could tell something was going on because we're getting really, really big swings in the viewership. We went up, we went all the way up to like 840 or 850 viewers, and then we dropped back down to 790. Uh, there's definitely something going on. Um, there's definitely something going on. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure. Sounds like chat is jacking up and people are having to refresh. Um... So we'll have to wait and see if uh, if Twitch having an I- is an issue. I, I, I think they've been just trying to update the website so much that certain elements of the website are getting, uh, are becoming, oh, there's a guy on top of me shoving me. Oh my gosh. Wow. Now you can see I'm over, I'm kind of over leveled for this area. So, but you, you can see that I, I was able to stay alive there with the shield and the healing probably shouldn't have been able to. Um, probably shouldn't have been able to because I was, you know, I was playing arguably pretty poorly, but the shield, uh, the shield is nice. Uh, the shield and the healing, the chem healer is nice, uh, because you can really, really dig in if you're careful and get the heals and navigate the corners. You can really pull off, pull off some nice stuff. I'm going to hit this guy with a grenade just because I feel like it. 
Now, is my screen flashing gold like that? I blew myself up. Is my screen flashing gold like that because I get out my my specialist weapon? Is that why that's happening? I've not. I don't remember. That seems to happen when I pull out my 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 specialist gun. Someone in chat says yes. Okay, that's kind of wild. That is kind of wild. Um, I don't want to die, but I don't want to use armor either for like what one person. So I hold this. And it goes boom, 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 boom. Oh, neat. Okay, that's just that's kind of a neat little artistic flair. Krizik, a little off topic, but what uh, do you think I should do for someone who is only about three to four hours of playtime per week? What game would best suit the amount of playtime? I've been playing D two since release. I'm just not getting to, uh, into Black Armory as always. Great stream. I mean, if you're if you're just now getting, uh, if you're just now getting into Black Armory, I would say Destiny is fine for that pace couple hours you know couple hours a week you can chisel through and get some weapons three to four hours a week in division that means it would take you roughly eight weeks like two months to beat the main campaign you have to answer that question is that is that turnover rate good enough for you i mean that that seems really slow um that seems really slow i i don't know you you might feel that happened to me with like the Witcher 3 and stuff. Like whenever I was trying to play the Witcher 3 on stream, I couldn't give it a lot of screen time because um, people don't support. Like back then I couldn't get support for games like that. Nowadays, I think I could get a little bit better support. But it was just like, I don't want to dedicate a lot of stream time. This is, this is a metric murdering game. And I got to the point where I was like, dude, I'm literally going to be playing the Witcher 3 for forever at this at this pace. And so I put it down. You might be different than me. You might think, nah, dude, a couple hours a week, that feels really, really good. My only concern with Division, if you're familiar with Destiny, those couple hours a week, it's easy for you to jump back in because you know the game and it's like immediately accessible to you. And Division might be you'll come back it'll be unfamiliar you won't remember you won't really remember what you were working on you know what i mean just know that going in if you're clearing the map i think you could have fun with this game every week clear the map do a couple activities get some guns level yourself up you know what i mean and then boom shut the game down feel a sense of progress once you get past black armory and destiny i think that's when the lack of agency might frustrate you you're going to put a couple hours in and feel like i didn't get a single dadgum thing for my time and then that could lead to frustration and futility. Gale play. Um, how is the division playing with a friend who plays less or more than you? Do you think you can play content together if you are in different parts of the story? Yes, you can as long once they fix the scaling. And as long as they don't send you on wild goose chases right now. Uh, I'm not sure what Milo's doing. <laughs> I'm just following around. We're running in circles. Uh, yeah, because once they fix the scaling, I think you can play with people at any point in the game once they fix the scaling. Hobbit Spartan, is it still uh, cover shooter, uh, cover shooter, looter shooter? Or is it hide then cover looter shooter? I know this is, was an issue in the beta. Uh, I could be mistaken. I, listen, um, I definitely feel like... I definitely feel like they're, they could have done more with the like that's why I did a video about uh, the presence the presence of abilities um, I feel like they could have done more with it because it does feel again like you're just constantly getting in shootouts but once I let it kind of have that identity I enjoyed myself a whole lot more oh it's bugged I was like what are you doing I didn't realize it was bugged because yeah the room upstairs is still locked even though we beat it 
Hobo, do you have clans on all consoles? Right now, there should be a clan everywhere called The Rageless with a space. I don't know if they're filling up. The one on PC is getting pretty full. Why no skill power? I'm just really heavily investing in armor right Not actually armor right now. I'm putting on anything that raises my gear score. I'm not focusing on my build right now. Linear, do you feel the lack of ability presence lends, you, lends to the need for a heal ability equipped at all times? It does feel like you kind of always have to run a heal ability, and if you really start to analyze the way they structured the abilities, you can pretty much see that they kind of want you to run one heal ability and one offensive ability. Like, you don't have to, but it kind of feels that way. It's like, well, you can... You know, you could run all offensive abilities, but I just, I don't know. I feel like if you do that, you're immediately going to feel that sense of like, I can't, I can't get myself back, back, you know, healthy because you take damage really quickly. Like, look at how I mean, just peeking out on this tree, you're seeing me just getting chunks of my health taken away in an environment where I'm over leveled. So the, the natural like cover base shooter interpretation that they've uh, you know they've got going on is that you just don't really come out of cover unless you want to take damage and because of that healing just feels paramount to survival um so now i'm sure there are builds that will emerge that you don't feel that need uh you could always just run run guns and stuff that heal you on kills and stuff yeah, the clan is just the rageless with a space. The space rageless. Um, so, oh, the public execution is behind us. I think we did it. Talk to the hostage. Yeah, we did it. So yeah, I would, I would, I would say, uh, I would say that running a healing thing is just kind of part of the game style. I don't know. I don't really know what else they could do other than just like you could run abilities or something that make you just stupidly tanky and you take ton- you, you can just tank tons of damage um i don't know if that's the right call though i think that again you got to be careful not to make things trivial if you don't feel like you're under threat and survival is not an issue then it can make the content feel trivial you feel powerful we talked about this yesterday you feel powerful if what you're killing feels like it's strong and a threat to you if everything feels trivial and they're not really a threat to you you won't necessarily feel powerful because you don't actually feel like you overcame anything you know that doesn't mean you delta scale the crap out of the player, but it definitely means that you can't turn us into walking gods. Uh, Aniong says, what's the best way to handle the amount of loot in the early game? Deconstructor sell? You know, I hit, I hit caps on materials pretty fast and I wasn't breaking anything down. So I was just selling the whole time. I think I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really breaking stuff down that often. I felt like I was just naturally getting, uh, the materials just throughout. I, I don't know. I think once you start getting high-end stuff and you have um, the brand sets, you got to break those down if you want to get those brands, the, the materials to make those brands. I think that's when you're going to want to probably break down oversell. So when you look at your armor and you know that you like the, you know, let's say you go in here and you're like, you know what, I really like the DNH, the Douglas and Harding. I, I like that brand. I'm mean, gonna want to make a lot of that stuff. Anytime you're gonna go get rid of Douglas and Harding armor, you should break it down instead of sell it. That would be my advice. 
that's going to be the last question again if you're watching live be sure to click the follow button if you enjoy these segments I'm going to continue streaming so don't leave we're going to keep on streaming but I'm going to end the Q&A if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube you can probably catch me live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you watching and listening please like share and subscribe